you're tuned in to KZMU Moab Community Radio on your dial at 90.1 and 106.7 FM. I'm your host today, Molly Marcello, and I'm pleased to be here on this beautiful afternoon. I want to start off right away with uh, my interview from earlier this week of Pete Sands. Pete is one of the organizers of the Indigenous People's Day celebration that's happening right now on uh, the lawn in front of Moab City Hall. Um, The evening includes performers, food, um, dance, and uh, much, much more. And Pete uh, checked in with me about it a few days ago. So uh, yeah, it's going on right now, five till about seven um, in front of Moab City Hall. And here's uh, my interview with Pete so you can know what to expect if you're headed that way. Hey, Pete, thank you so much for speaking with me. Um, Can you tell us what's going on Monday evening at Moab City Hall? Yes, we're having a, in place of Columbus Day, we're having Indigenous Peoples Day. So we're bringing in some speakers and performers to uh, help celebrate uh, Indigenous Peoples Day on uh, Monday evening. And it sounds like there are going to be at least three different parts to this event. Can you tell us who will be there? Yes, we're going to start the event. It says 5 o'clock. We'll probably start, you know, people get off work around 5, so it takes them quite a while to get there. So we, we're going to start around 5, 5.30. We start off with the Rydell Largo and his Navajo and Mescalero dance group. Uh, they're female dancers that do a lot of different type of ceremonial dances for people. And I'm very, very excited to bring them here and really bring more of the indigenous culture and presence to Moab City and We'll, and then we'll go into a special presenter, speaker, performer, Talba Begay. She's really, really renowned around the Native American entertainment industry and music industry. And she's very well-spoken and very well-talented. And we'll end the night with a candlelight vigil to honor those missing little indigenous people. And during that time, we'll have uh, Kylie Jim play her violin and their native to the night. Amazing. And I also see that there's going to be some food available. Oh, wow. yes. We're going to have free uh, meal down bread um, in, in Navajo. We call it Sidekor, but in English it's called meal down bread. It'll be provided by uh, Zachariah Ben of Bitty Baby Foods from Ashabrock, New Mexico. He's coming. I mean, it's free, but also it's a limited amount. So he's coming out to have some on hand. And we'll have some hot Navajo tea that night as well, provided by the uh, Native American Club of Grand County School District. So it'll be a great night of a. Uh, indigeneity as they say so coming together in community to celebrate indigenous people's day so tell us about the importance of doing so on indigenous people's day honoring and recognizing missing and murdered indigenous people coming together over food and music and dance tell us about the importance of this in our small town i think it's important to I like the fact that there's sub-communities even in, a, in our small town. It's, uh, you know, North America itself is an indigenous, is an, originally an indigenous community. So to help remember and commemorate the, uh, the struggles and issues that indigenous people face, it's important to come in to honor their cultures and really highlight what makes us special and what brings communities together, you know, this event is open to all residents of Moab and Grand County and to come and see what uh, Indigenous culture is and how it's still thriving. Wonderful. Anything else that you're looking forward to about this event 
Monday night, Pete? Uh, just the food. <laughs> Hope I'm able to get some food. And, you know, I'm really glad that Moab, the city of Moab really came out and really wanted to do this. You know, it's, it's great that, uh, you know, they reach out to indigenous people that want to have a celebrated day for them and really acknowledge the culture and the presence of indigenous people. And I'm just looking forward to seeing people, um, and people come out and, you know, have try some of the traditional food and traditional tea and there's some traditional music and it's, it's going to be great. All right. That was Pete Sands, one of the organizers of the Indigenous Peoples Day celebration. That's happening right now outside on the front lawn of Moab City Hall. And the event is from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. I misspoke earlier. Um, so there's not 5 to 7, 5 to 8 and there will be special guest speakers and performers. There's going to be food, music, dance, and a candlelight vigil to conclude the event that's happening again right now in front of Moab City Hall. You're tuned in to Moab Community Radio. It's KZMU. It's This Week in Moab. I'm your host, Molly Marcello, and we're going to go to another event that's uh, happening very soon. Um, Folks might remember the Red Canyon powwow that's coming back to Moab, and we should have uh, Jacob Crane, one of the organizers of this event, um, with us right now. Hello, Jacob. Hi. Thank you so much for um, speaking with us on the airwaves. Um, the Red Canyon Powwow, this is now multiple years of this event. Wh- how many years has this now been going on? Technically, it's been two, but in reality, it's been three years that we've been able to bring the powwow back um, year after year. Um, it's been a really fun drive and journey with the community there of Moab and Grand County. We're really thankful that every year um, folks come on out and support our event. This year it's happening October 22nd to 23rd at the Old Spanish Trail Arena. Um, what can folks expect? Like what ha- has been done in past years? What's going to happen in, in present? Um, what can you tell us about this uh, event coming up this month? Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be on October 21st and 22nd. So Saturday, Sunday starts at 12 o'clock on Saturday. And again at 5, probably ends about 10. And then starts again on uh, Sunday, 12 o'clock, and we'll be done by about 5. But come ready to see some dancing. Um, we have some local talent coming in. We also have some Aztec dancing. We have some indigenous powwow dancing. A lot of indigenous cuisine. Um, come on out. Try some Indian slash Navajo tacos. Um, it's it's going to be a, a, an amazing event. A lot of vendors usually come and support us. So come ready to buy some gifts for Christmas or other holidays or birthdays. So really happy to to bring the powwow back once again. So that's yeah, just be ready to see some 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 amazing dancing. Um, get your cameras ready, of course. You know, ask ask if you can take a photo or video record. That's always um, that's always appreciated. But yeah, we're ready to to, to powwow and have a an amazing event. Yeah, thank you so much. I was looking at last year's poster because you you always have um, these great posters. So um, October twenty first is that right? That's the first day of the powwow this year. Yeah. Okay, October 21st and 22nd at the Old Spanish Trail Arena. Now, this is a, you know, there are dance competitions, Am I is that right, um, throughout the weekend. Can you talk a little bit about those different types of dances that will be happening at this year's powwow? Yeah, so 
We have our tiny tots dancing, so that's for the young kids, okay. seven and under. And then there's also junior categories, which is uh, eight to twelve, teen dancing thirteen to seventeen, adult dancing eighteen to fifty-four, and then our golden age um, fifty-five plus. So you're going to get a variety of dancing. Um, you know, men's grass, men's fancy, you know, women's fancy, women's jingle, women's traditional, men's traditional. Like there's just going to be so much happening all at the old Spanish trail arena out there on the soccer field. It's going to be amazing praying for good weather. But of course, <laughs> if the weather doesn't uh, agree with us, we can always move into the arena. Yeah. Was that last year that that had to happen? I, I seem to recall. Yeah, yeah, we had to move into the arena last minute, but I'm super proud of our volunteers. Shout out to everybody that's helped us in the past. Um, we're still looking for volunteers. If you want to come on out and help us, please email us at culturalfireevents at gmail.com. Um, yeah, we're still looking for a few last minute uh, vendors and volunteers. So if you want to get involved, please please email us. You know, I know some community members who have volunteered in the past. You know, what? where can people plug in if they are interested in volunteering at uh, the Red Canyon Powwow this year? Um, a lot. There's several avenues. Um, you can email us, uh, culturalfireevents at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us on Instagram, culturalfireevents, or you can message us on Facebook. Um, Julianne Waters is always the local person on the ground that we lean on for that support so um, there's lots of different avenues but yeah we're, we're definitely open to, to more volunteers okay wonderful and um, again we're speaking to Jacob Crane one of the organizers behind the Red Canyon powwow that's coming to Moab on October 21st Jacob you know this is an event technically as you said in its third year um, do you also organize other powwows throughout you know the region I, I see that it's cultural fire events so I'm curious about that yeah yeah I'm glad you asked great question um, we also we also host another powwow in Heber it's called the Intermountain Championships powwow I'm trying to do another powwow in St. George and a big big powwow in Salt Lake City that's kind of like the crux behind what keeps me going and that's really what kind of grounded me in my yeah. culture and really in my indigenous identity as a young person so if i can create space where there's not a lot of representation then i definitely want to increase that um that visibility and also um just that overall community wellness and the powwow the powwow utility it, it it does more than just that there's so many things that it does it builds bridges it connects people it um, let's explore other people's cultures, builds relationships, partnerships, sponsors. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. So that's that's one of the reasons why I really support and invest and double, triple down in powwow creation. It's it's like you're building you're building a network, a community network. Um, so it sounds like you want to make inroads in the Salt Lake community. But you know, tell us why you wanted to um, start off here in Moab. You know, what what brought you to Moab and um, bringing a powwow here? Well, it really happened about um, 2021, I believe, is when we first did it. Um, at that time, um, there was a lot of things happening within the Indigenous community and um, Orange T-Shirt Day, which was a residential school um, survivor national holiday in, in, in Canada. And um, it was called the National Truth and Reconciliation Day. It's September 30th. And so all this stuff was happening in 2021 and my father is a residential school survivor. And so that's why I kind of, 
it was the kind of the um, the inspiration on my healing and my family's healing journey, and not just that. It's 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 everyone's families because there's not a, a community member out there that you know hasn't been impacted by residential school or boarding school. Somebody knows somebody that was in that system and that survived, and so that's why it's so important to to have these these healing journeys and avenues for our community members, and so. There's a lot of wellness that goes into powwow, powwows and putting that together for a community. So there was that, there was the representation part, and there hadn't been a powwow in Moab in a very long time. Right. And so I thought that uh, that that was really important to, to bring that spirit back to that, to that community. And it sounds like you're now in Heber and looking at St. George and also looking at Salt Lake. I'm, I'm curious, like, about the challenges of bringing um, a powwow to Salt Lake or, you know, the opportunities as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So fundraising is a huge um, hurdle mm-hmm. that every powwow committee goes through. And so looking for people to step up in the community and say, hey, I want to invest in the Indigenous economy and the Indigenous um, nonprofit sector and that we're willing to give and so that's always fun um, I know that yeah. uh, Moab has full circle intertribal center as well they've partnered mm-hmm. with us in the past and it's always good to support the the folks that are doing the work day in day out within community so I need to to plug those folks in I know Kristen Ramirez Pete Sands they're doing a fantastic job down there in Moab about bringing about more awareness I know that Indigenous Peoples Day is today so I uh, just want to plug those folks in as mm-hmm. well as um, continue just building up that capacity within our organization because these these events cost tens of thousands of dollars. So wow. we can't we cannot do it alone. It takes an entire community to put on a community event because you're bringing in, you know, professionals, it's vendors, you know, what are the costs associated with an event like this? Usually I don't like so okay, how do I say this? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I love I love doing community events, but I, I really love quality over quantity. Okay. And so an event like this probably costs about forty plus thousand dollars. And so um it's it's a big hurdle. It takes a year to really fundraise for this event. Um I, I'm always doing it. If you if you're very close to me, you know that I'm constantly hustling trying to get donors partner uh, sponsors partners and grants to support initiatives like this um, we're not profitable uh town of moab ground county i just want you to know that i know we charge <laughs> at the door but just so you know that goes right back out into the indigenous community and those are the folks that have been greatly impacted by the covid 19 pandemic the most yeah you know what makes it you say you work on this all year right so what makes it worth it for you to to put to put this on it's creating spaces where our young people can be themselves and that's what really grounded me and who i am and i wouldn't be working in the sector that i work in which is indian country unless i had that grounding and so really seeing those young people dance and the elders talking to the young people, that intergenerational teachings that are happening and that overall community wellness that is being built through the powwow and those bridges with the outside community, I think that's worth doubling down in Indian country. 
Thank you so much, Jacob, for speaking with us about this upcoming um, Red Canyon powwow, second, technically third year here in Moab. Um, Is there anything else that is on your mind or that you want listeners to know? I know um, you mentioned that there's still a need for volunteers so people can get involved that way. Anything else on your mind when um, it comes to this upcoming event? I just want to say thank you so much to the community of Moab for being great um, hosts and guests coming to our event and Grand County um, in the the indigenous community that's in the surrounding areas. You know, I want to say thank you so much for supporting us. And I'm calling upon you once more to, to support our event again. And please come ready to learn and come with an open mind. And if you want to get involved in other ways, please let us know. Um, you know, reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, or our email, culturalfireevents at gmail.com. Um, yeah, we're really looking forward to welcoming you all to our powwow. Thank you so much for having us on the air. We look forward to seeing you on the 21st and 22nd of October. Yes, 21st and 22nd at the Old Spanish Trail Arena. Jacob, once more, anything in particular you're looking forward to? Like, what makes it fun for you during it as uh, its organizer, I should say, or one of its organizers? <laughs> From a holistic standpoint, there's, uh, we say this, us, us powwow folk, there's uh, a spirit of powwow that comes into the powwow. And you start to look around and you see everybody talking, people eating. You see the dancers dancing, the singers singing, and people are shopping, buying stuff from the vendors. And everyone's just having a really good time. Mm. And that's that spirit of the powwow. And that's what I look forward to every every year. Well, thank you so much, Jacob. And um, happy Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, how are you celebrating it this this year? Um, I, I had a good smudge this morning. I, I, I prayed to the creator for a good day, and I'm actually going to go shopping at Costco <laughs> to buy some, some drinks for the event, actually, in Moab. And so I'm going to be doing that, and uh, I'm going to have a good meal this evening. Um, yeah, that's how I'm spending. Oh, I'm not working today. Yeah. I took the day off. Well, kind of. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Jacob. Um, We really appreciate it. Again, um, the event is Red Canyon Powwow, and it's coming up October 21st and 22nd at the Old Spanish Trail Arena. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Take care. Take care. All right, that was Jacob Crane, one of the organizers behind the Red Canyon powwow. You're listening to KZMU Moab Community Radio. We're going to take a brief music break, and then we're coming back with uh, yet another event. There's so much going on in the community right now. Um, Yeah, reminder that um, the Indigenous Peoples Day celebration is happening right now in front of Moab City Hall um, from 5 to 8 p.m. So that's ongoing. Um, There's bread, there's dancing, (laughs) there's music. So we're going to take a brief music break and then continue our conversation about um, more, yet more events. Uh, This time with uh, the organizers of the Soup Bowl fundraiser. That's coming up in just a few minutes right here on KZMU. And we're back. You are tuned in to KZMU 90.1 and 106.7 FM. It's This Week in Moab, and I'm your host, Molly, and I am now joined 
with three guests in the studio. It's exciting to have folks here with me. Hello, everyone. Hi, Molly. Hi, Molly. Hi good afternoon. <laughs> Thank you so much. Do you all mind just introducing yourselves mic by mic? My name is Joanne Savoy, and I this year am the bull wrangler, one of the bull wranglers for the um, Soup Bowl fundraiser. Hi, and this is Michelle Johnson, and I am also with the Soup Bowl, uh, Clay Artists of Moab, along with Joanne, and we've been doing this for five years now. This is our fifth year, uh, and I will be running the silent auction and telling you a little bit about that today while we're on the air. Hello, KZMU listeners. My name is Brennan Gillis. I am the Director of Marketing at Canyonlands Field Institute, and CFI is honored to be the uh, recipient of the proceeds from this year's Soup Bowl fundraiser. Amazing. Thank you all so much for being here. The Soup Bowl fundraiser, I was admitting to you, everyone here, that I have yet to go. It's been five years, um, but I've heard it's one of the best fundraisers in Moab, and I'm very jealous of all my friends who have bowls from this event. Um, that, like, I know people who literally collect them every year, so... You could start your collection I gotta this start year. my collection this year. Okay, tell us about how it works. You know, how, how do these, um, this group of ceramic artisans get together well this is not a new thing just to moab it is a a a program or an event that happens around the country and that's how many of us heard about it and decided to bring it to moab um we potters love to make pots and they're permanent things and sometimes there's just you know more desire to make them than there's places to have them (laughs) and still and to give back to the community this is a great great opportunity because these are all handmade, one-of-a-kind bowls that we've made uh, with community help. And um, we sell them at the door. You walk in with your ticket and you get to pick a bowl out of 100 and 200. We'll have over 450 bowls this year. Wow. We won't put them all out, overwhelm you all at once, (laughs) but (laughs) that's how many we expect. And then the patrons choose a bowl and go through a soup line that is delicious and fabulous and varied, and they get a roll, maybe some cornbread, and a little dessert or a lot of dessert, and (laughs) a little lemonade and water uh, for the meal part, and then they go into the silent auction room. That is uh, what Michelle will be setting up for the event. And these are all, you know, these are all volunteer potters. Absolutely. Um, There's a a bunch of us that have our own studios, but we still get together at Desert Sun Ceramics, which has a larger space. And Mm we, like just this week, we sat down and made another 70 bowls for the event. So (laughs) (laughs) we're, we're, yeah, that's what we do. Volunteer our time, volunteer our materials, um, it's 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 a lot of fun too for me. Yeah. Okay. So and then Michelle, the silent auction is part of this event. Um, our radio audience can't see this, but you have a spread of materials before us. So tell us about this. Yes. So you invited us to come and talk with you, but I'd like to flip the switch a little bit, and okay. I'd like for you to describe what oh, you see. You're putting so, me on the spot now. <laughs> when you come to the silent auction, for instance, okay. please describe what you see here. I'm. Seeing a beautiful, like 
bowl that you can hold in your hand. It could be a cup or a small soup bowl. It could be, oh, what is that? Yes, it's for um, potential liqueur, tumbler. You could pour your ginger ale into this tiny bowl and make a mixed drink. Is that is that what you're, yeah. <laughs> Am I on the right path? Yes. Okay. <laughs> or tea. Or tea, nice okay. tumblers. Yeah, and my then, brain goes to mixed drink, but there you and go. And this is? This looks like um, perhaps a salt or sugar container. It's actually a honey pot. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes, so we'll have a honey pot. <laughs> and then we also had, with the community, they came and described this bowl. Okay, that, that bowl you is see fantastic. Hand painted. It's a hand painted bowl. It looks like um, native, potentially native vegetation, trees, maybe juniper with like kind of an ombre from like blue to green to brown and red. It's beautiful. And it's it's like a hearty, like if you want like a great winter soup, that's the bowl that you could choose. <laughs> and then one more. Okay. Describe these just in time for the Barbie movie. Oh my gosh. Okay. Pink. <laughs> I'm seeing lots of different shades of pink on these, you know, tumblers. Um, I'm seeing, yeah, again, mixed drinks. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah, thank you for putting that into my mind. Also tea. Um, And, like, they're different. They're all – so I've noticed that these are bowl-shaped, so they don't have a handle, right? They're, like, meant to be held in your hand. And tumblers and different size for Mm -hmm. big, you know, for smaller hands or larger hands. And so we'll have all different sizes. And what I will say about the silent auction is that over the years, because we have this amazing wealth of creators here, (laughs) that with the silent auction now, there is actually – as you go through, you meander through, you have your soup, you have dessert, and you're meandering through mm-hmm. the silent auction, and you may see an item and you bid on it. Well, there is a buy it now price. And our locals have gotten really wise with realizing that, oh, it's going to be gone. <laughs> right. And so uh, I would just uh, give that little bit of advice that if it's something that you see the first time you walk through, you bid on it, and you come back, um, you might want to buy it now because. Mm-hmm. It might not be there because there are so many popular artists that we have here in Moab. So that's a really fun part of the event uh, is the silent auction. Amazing. So you have, you know, the soup bowl, you know, fundraiser includes, you know, picking out a bowl, getting your soup, your cornbread. And it also... And you get to keep that bowl. And you get to keep that bowl. um, Mm -hmm. And it includes a silent auction. So if you get inspired or see something like a honey pot or a tumbler or a giant bowl that has been hand decorated. Oh, yeah. What is this? What is this, Michelle? What is this, Molly? I have no (laughs) idea. It's a it's a vase and oh, vase. Um, okay. it's, yeah, beautifully. Well, I, what color is it? It's How blue would you describe it? and it looks like it has like hand etchings. Um, there's a pattern and it's like a wavy vase. So it's not a traditional vase. It's a funky vase, I would say. It's yeah. a vase kind of like me. <laughs> right. Now, are these all pieces you've made, Michelle, or that you've no. collected? Okay. No, these are all donations. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some in here that I won't tell you which ones are my pieces, okay. but they are all <laughs> donations from, from other, other artists in the community, um, two of who are sitting here. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Just so happens to be. Just so happens. <laughs> now, okay, so you, walk, you walked us through this event. Um, again, what day is this happening? What is uh, the November 4th. 
November 4th. Saturday, Saturday, November 4th from 4 to 7 p.m. Our doors will open at 4 to browse the silent auction. Soup service will start around 4.30. We found that there's usually a long line to get in, so we wanted to let people get in and get... uh, It takes time to go through 150 bowls and choose the one that's right for you. So (laughs) the line does back up. Yeah, and the silent auction Uh, will be open at 4, but we won't actually serve until 4.30. Right. So that gives you some time to peruse and, you know, make your mark, figure out where you want (laughs) to possibly bid, and then go eat and maybe come back. But we open the doors at 4. So many smiles. It's really a lot of joy. Joyful thing. There's something about ceramics and food and community. <laughs> I don't, I don't really have my finger on it, but there's something about that that is is quite magical. Yeah, and especially post-pandemic. I mean, right. we all haven't seen each other um, as far as locals mm-hmm. go. We're starting to see each other yeah. more, of course. We've yeah. rolled out in 2023, but um, this yeah. is one of those times for all of us to come together again as community and yeah. eat and have some fun. And Wonderful. Again, it's November 4th at Moab Arts, the Moab Arts and Recreation Center. Um, that's mm-hmm. where you'll find all the all this stuff. And we should say the proceeds are going to benefit Canyonlands Field Institute. Yeah, I mentioned earlier that my name is Brennan. I'm representing CFI here high atop Rocky Road at KZMU. And we are the fifth in a long line of really worthy organizations that have benefited from the Soup Bowl fundraiser in the past, and we're really excited to be this year's chosen nonprofit organization. Brennan, listeners might know you as a DJ here at QZMU yes. as well. My <laughs> name is Brennan, <laughs> aka DJ Blue Crab. Uh, I will be back in the studio tomorrow evening mm-hmm. for my weekly show. Amazing. But I'm, I'm not here to plug Cumulostratus. <laughs> Although um, you can. You can. Yeah. <laughs> I, yes. But thank you for that opportunity. You're um, yeah, I'm here to talk about CFI and chat about where these proceeds are going to. And that mm-hmm. is towards our summer camp scholarship program. Right. We offer both overnight and day camps for ages six all the way through high school, even. Um, and There's a combination of all sorts of different experiences that I can chat about, but for the most part, CFI camps are designed to create connection, and that's connection between your kids and themselves, connection between kids and each other, as well as connection to the outdoors. Each one of those summer camps strives to create that emotional connection. Now, I I have a feeling that one of the benefits um, to be being a, a beneficiary of these of these funds from the Super Bowl fundraiser is that this is probably non-restricted funding, right? So you get to it is, oh, it is restricted to a program. But was that your decision? Was that CFA's yeah. decision to put it there? Is that that's kind of what I'm saying? Yeah. I'd say, Mal, excuse me, Brennan. I would say that it's always been um, the few of us who are in the trenches doing this our desire to help kids and families. Okay. So kids first, obviously families are surrounding the kids as in the case with Seek Haven or the free health clinic um, targeted funds. We saw that as really helping children. So we're all about helping kids. Okay, so it was, you know, restricted in the sense that it's going to kids and yes. um, families. And then CFI, did you decide, you know, that it's, hey, summer camp is where yeah. it's needed? Yeah, t- yeah. To answer your question, at CFI, 
our summer camp program is something that we've been really trying to make more and more accessible towards the families of Moab. Mm. Um, We want to make sure that the kids in Moab get as much of a chance to explore their own backyard as they possibly can. So all, let's see, in 2023, this past summer camp, we had around 40 Moab kids uh, explore the outdoors through CFI. And each one of those kids received some subsidy and some scholarship towards their summer camp uh, tuition. And this year, thanks to the help of the Soup Bowl fundraiser, we have a lot more, or we hope to have a lot more funding and scholarships to pass out to local families so that their kids can come. Um, And and, and I just want to add that that's transparent to families because mm -hmm. that's, we base our rate on we've already received some funding so then Mm -hmm. we can have a lower Mm -hmm. rate. So it's not as if it's a direct applying for a scholarship. This actually helps us to bring down the program fees. Amazing. So that is probably a barrier to entry for camp in our local, uh, for our locals. Is that right? Yeah, it can be. It can be. Yeah, and especially especially for, um, like I said, we have options all the way for as young as six. Mm -hmm. And the the day camp options for six-year-old are a great opportunity for um, daycare throughout the day. So sending your kids to CFI summer camps gives those kids the opportunity to have some supervised playtime in the outdoors and uh, experienced under the guidance of our CFI educators. And what kind of events have you, or activities have you done in the past um, yeah. with, with the kids? Um, let's see, so each one of the, each day we do something exceptional and something special with the kids who come to that adventure day camp. And let's see, in the past we have driven up to the mountains and pulled some trout out of Uwa Lake We've driven out to Moonflower and uh, seen some of the petroglyphs and the rock art sites. We've driven all the way out to the Moab Giants. And um, I know that watching the Megalodon movie was especially a hit for <laughs> some of those younger kids. That was the rainy day activity. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's when um, we hit the indoor space. Nice. When it's raining. Of course, we go down the river. Of right. course, we go and cool down and try and find as many different uh, watering holes as possible and go out to Ken's Lake and explore some parts of Courthouse Wash and some of the other kind of like places around Moab where you can jump in the water and cool down and get wet. Sounds like so much fun. Yeah, and, and there's also, we also want to bring down the costs for the programs that are designed for the older kids. Mm. Um, one of our kind of flagstone programs for teens is our Whitewater Academy. And mm. this is a professional guide training for open for ages 15 all the way through the rest of high school. And I know in the past that kids have gone down that program and then started guiding for some of the local organizations Mm -hmm. after graduating from high school. Mm -hmm. I know that guides in the past have uh, written college recommendations for some of the teens Mm -hmm. going through that professional development program and served as references on job applications. So... Yeah, These, it's not yeah. just, it's not just for kids, it's, mean, for, uh, leadership skills it's for, yeah, it's for professional teamwork. development and teamwork and exactly right, Michelle. Um, so that's where these funds are going. These funds are going towards bringing down those costs and providing as much scholarship money as we can 
for local kids to experience the outdoors. Amazing. This is the Supal fundraiser. Um, now, how much money are you looking to raise? It's just a million. Going. Let's, we, let's get the contract out. And, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we've managed to surpass each year's um, profit so far. So last year was uh, between nine and ten thousand. Yeah, wow. Okay. In one evening's event. I yes. mean, for us, that's what it feels like. I know we prep for months and months yeah. and months, but. Right. We feel like that's pretty good um, bang for your buck there. Yeah, and then, so, yeah, we'd be happy to get the same this year. But, of course, we can hope for a little more, as always. We need you to come out and buy tickets and come <laughs> to the event, and we'll get there and buy at the auction. Yeah, remind us the ins and outs. How okay. can people get connected? Tickets. Tickets are available <laughs> for uh, right now. They're on sale. I sold three today um, <laughs> at Back of Beyond. They're always wonderful to to do that ticket thing. Um, Moab Happenings or the Copy Center. Um, Desert Sun Ceramics is also right next door to Canyonlands Field Institute offices, mm-hmm. and both places will sell you tickets. Mm-hmm. And cash. Cash or Venmo. Ven- cash or check. Check. Or mm-hmm. Venmo. Or Venmo. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So the day of the event, you will be able to provide us with a credit card, but up okay. until now, it's just cash, check, or Venmo. Okay. They're $30 for an adult ticket and a $10 ticket for children under 12, which we don't see a lot of families come through, but we wanted to let them come too. So that's $30 for your own ceramic piece and a bowl of soup. And some dessert and some rabbit if you'd like. Yes. And And the the benefit. Great. Joy. And a wonderful evening with your community. (laughs) Right, exactly. It is really true. It's it's an amazing it deal. Is an amazing event. Um, it's we were at good. the Moab Art Center just for the fall festival, and the tickets had just gone on sale that mm-hmm. day. And this couple said said uh, they didn't know me, but they said, "Do you know where we can buy tickets for the Super Bowl fundraiser?" <laughs> and I said, "Well, really? my <laughs> friend Liz Ford over here happens to have the fresh bats, fresh batch." And they were collectors. They were like, wow. "We've come every year." We have to come again. We need to have more bowls. <laughs> oh, and the year is on imprinted on the bottom of the bowl. Yeah. So that's oh, how the collecting happens. That's why they've got collections. Okay. Yes. All right. The Soup yes. Bowl fundraiser that's Saturday, November 4th um, at the Mark. Doors and auction open at 4 p.m. Soup starts at 4.30. And I neglected to even mention that this is put on by the Clay Artisans of Moab or CLAM. So we have the best acronym in Moab. (laughs) In the desert. In the desert. Clams in the desert. desert. What a wonderful bunch. Thank you all so much for being here. Um, Brennan, Michelle, Joanne, thank you. Anything else to say about this event or, you know, what you want people to know about it? Well, it's really fun. And there are other ways to help. Um, We still need volunteers. It takes about 80 people that day to do different jobs is what we've tallied before um, any three of us can be contacted for that um, if you're a restaurateur listening out there we we still need some donations of food items soup Please. and baked goods um, we we don't ask the community to potluck it we do want the chefs of our community to be able to be proud of something and we'll put their name up on the wall and the ingredients so everybody knows what they're eating and and can revisit that restaurant in the future 
Um, but that's that's also part of the hope is that there's a joy in sharing the other layers of our community this way. So Amazing. And how do people get connected to CLAM if they're a restaurateur or if they just want to volunteer? Uh, well. Hmm. Find you on the street. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Actually, Desert Sun Ceramics okay, is definitely right. the hub of uh, volunteers right now, the ones who are soliciting the food and keeping the spreadsheet going and um, – do you have a phone number handy for Desert Sun? It's always in my phone. I don't know it in my yeah. head. Um, <laughs> we didn't. Great. We were good. We didn't bring our phones I in the studio. I did bring my phone so in the studio. Yeah, I don't have yeah. it off the top We've of my head. We've got the uh, phone number here. Oh, Brennan's on top of it. For Desert Sun. Mm-hmm. And that phone number is 435-268-2233. I'll say it again. 268-2233. Huh, amazing. Okay. And I would just like to lastly add, it is an all-ceramic silent auction. Yeah. So okay. you will find all ceramics there. Okay. Yeah. If you're into ceramics or even if you just show up and uh, see the honeypot you never know, knew you, you needed, needed, right, yeah. um, to get into honey stuff, honey, artisanal honey. Yeah, there, there you, go. you go. And <laughs> you don't have to stay for the soup service. People have come oh, just wow. to get their bowl or wow. just to visit the auction. Right. That's an option as well if, if people are in a hurry. All right. Again, um, this is the Soup Bowl fundraiser, an all-ceramics silent auction. Um, proceeds are supporting um, CFI's summer camp programs and scholarships for local kids. And uh, that is coming up Saturday, November 4th um, at 4 p.m. Thank you all so much for being here. Thanks, Molly. Thanks, Molly. Okay, we're going to take a quick music break. We actually might have one more interview with uh, one of the organizers of the Bluff Arts Festival, which is just around the corner. So stay tuned. It's KZMU Moab. You're tuned in to 90.1 and 106.7 FM. And it's been a wonderful This Week in Moab um, this evening. And I want to thank all my guests so far for telling us about um, amazing events coming up in our area. And we have one more guest who will be doing the same. Um, Hello, Dan. Can you hear me okay? I'm here. Good evening. So, Dan, please introduce yourself. You are with um, the Bluff Arts Festival um, that is just around the corner. Is that right? I am. Yeah. Dan Myers with the Bluff Arts Festival. You probably have heard of Bluff before. We were very familiar with Moab, but not everyone in Moab is familiar with Bluff sometimes. You know, I feel like Bluff is uh, in everybody's mouths a little bit more um, with the upcoming eclipse, which I'm sure the town is uh, (laughs) maybe looking forward to, maybe dreading. I'm not quite sure. You know, folks have been putting an effort for at least probably a year to get ahead of this. Uh, the town council, the emergency service throughout services throughout the county. So no one really knows what it's going to look like, but um, everyone's trying their best to be prepared. So we're actually talking about an event that's coming up after the eclipse, the Bluff Arts Festival. Tell us a little bit about what to expect. Like, when is it? You know, what is it? Yeah, so we're actually in our 19th year this year of the Bluff Arts Festival. So it's something that's been going on for a long time. Uh, It's been led by a group of volunteers this entire time, and it's really to introduce the artists and the culture of our area to uh, to the broader the broader region. And so we can talk about details, but we have artist market, we have artist led workshops, film festival, live music. It's really just a fun, vibrant weekend to be in Bluff. Bluff does seem to have a good amount of artists and artisans. You know, what do you think attracts artists to that community? Or is it vice versa? Do people start making art once they start living there? What is it about that about Bluff? 
Yeah, well, you get it when you look at your own windows, but we're we're blessed to have the, the same kind of natural beauty around here. And, you know, one thing I think down here is a little bit quieter in Bluff. And so a lot of times it, it draws uh, those artists that are maybe looking for a little bit more solace. Um, but then you look at, we're incredibly lucky to border the Navajo Nation on the south, um, the Ute Mountain Ute Nation on the north. And so to be able to draw the inspiration and the artists from those regions, uh, we're just, we're lucky to be where we are because they they come in, they're a part of it. And we'll see them uh, uh, workshops and also sell at the artist market. Okay, so this is the 19th annual Bluff Arts yeah. Festival, October 19th through 22nd. Um, lots of activities going on um, in the Bluff community for the Arts Festival. Now, there is a, it, it, am I right to say that there's a newly formed organization that is putting on this festival? Dan, can you can you tell me about that? The, the rumors are correct. So, <laughs> <laughs> so forever we've just been sitting under the business owners of Bluff, uh, which is a group of business owners who, who always sponsored the Arts Festival event. Uh, but as we wanted to expand beyond just our third weekend of, of October, we wanted to see how do we uh, make this a more official group. And so we started uh, the Bluff Community Foundation. We're, we're almost in year one to really help foster the incredible things that are already happening in our area, but to provide more opportunities. And so we're actually doing a, a kickoff on Thursday uh, to be the 19th of the Arts Festival, where we're kicking off um, the community foundation of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I'd love to talk about some of the activities and what the community foundation is going to start. But we have a brand new space in town, which is an old gas station that um, we're working with an incredible local business owner to outfit it into a community space mm-hmm. and, and put an incredible mural on it as well. Yeah, tell us a little bit about the vision um, for this new organization or this like newly formed group. Yeah. So you probably understand the burden that volunteers somehow sometimes get placed on them to keep incredible things going, as you all are oh, doing yeah. at, at the radio station there. And so uh, our original goal was to expand capacity through a paid position. How do we make sure that we create permanency with some of these great things that are happening? And then once we get that in place, how do we expand it and broaden our efforts so that we provide more opportunities to, to folks in our town and the surrounding area to be able to engage in the arts and uh, to make a living off of it as well. I mean, it's a challenging thing, but if we can provide space and help and and advertising and all that kind of stuff, we think we can also help you know people's livelihoods as well. Yeah, um, you know, and there is a lot to be said and a lot that has been said about the dovetail of the arts when it comes to you know the local economy as well. Yeah. And that, you know, originally 19 years ago when they started the Arts Festival, they they specifically placed it in this third weekend of October because that's when traffic started dying down. Mm. And so it was trying to help the business get one last kick um, before uh, things died down. And as you know, it's still beautiful in November and mm-hmm. even January and February. We can get out and hike, you know, in 40 degree weather. But a lot of the, the people who come to town don't know that uh, yet. But it's picked up a lot since then. And so now we just take advantage of the beautiful weather, you know, the cottonwoods in the valley are always turning yellow. They're starting right now, mm-hmm. but we're planning planning to see them at the peak, hopefully during the arts festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just a great time to be down here. 
Dan Myers, thank you so much for being here. Um, he's the Bluff Community Foundation board chair and Arts Fest committee member. Anything else before we let you go about, to say about the Bluff Community Foundation or this upcoming Arts Festival on October 19th? Yeah, I think just highlighting the Arts Festival. Check it out, bluffartsfestival.com. You can sign up. There's a few spots uh, for workshops that are still open. Uh, um the artist markets on Saturday, free live music on, on Saturday as well. A film festival on Friday night that's free. It's a drive-in film festival. So it's always a lot of fun. We highlight uh, issues and kind of culture in our region through the film festival as well. And so we invite you to come down and enjoy what should be uh, beautiful weather and just uh, uh, we hope to be another incredible event. All right. Well, good luck um, in Bluff during the eclipse and um, (laughs) hope to see you for the arts festival uh, the weekend after. Um, Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Thanks uh, to Dan and thanks to all my guests for being here on This Week in Moab. Um, We had CFI, we had um, the Soup Bowl fundraiser, the Clay Artisans of Moab. We had Jacob Crane from Red Canyon Powwow, and we started things off with Pete Sands, who is helping to organize the Indigenous Peoples Day celebration going on right this minute in front of uh, Moab City Hall. That is going to continue for another two hours till 8 p.m. If you're headed that way, there's going to be um, music, dancing, food right now in front of Moab City Hall. Thanks for being here this evening with me, your host Molly of This Week in Moab this week. Um, Stay tuned because we have a lot of programming coming up. We have Word of the Day. We have uh, the Regional Roundup with Maeve Conran. And we have liner notes. And then Paul Smythe is in the house. That's right. Big Swing Face is also tonight. That's uh, all coming up right now.